Welcome to Real FM Rewind. Here's some highlights from the week. Kara, you might uh, remember how much I was into March Madness last week. Yeah, you were pretty excited. I was. Uh, well, I would like to announce that I've come to my senses. Oh. <laughs> And I've decided that there are a lot of things in life that matter a lot more than who wins which basketball games, Oh, wow. Okay, that's a big switch. It's true. I mean, let's focus on the things that are really important. Oh. Um, And no, this has nothing to do with uh, the outcome of a particular basketball game (laughs) from last Saturday afternoon. Uh Uh-huh. Nothing to do with that at all. Sure. I've just grown a lot, Kara. Oh, so much. In the last 48 hours. Your wisdom is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So you might not be nuts about it, sorry, but the TSA has said that they consider peanut butter a liquid. That's right. In carry-ons, you need to have 3.4 ounces or less of peanut butter. You can't bring the giant family size tub of Jif with you on the airplane anymore. Sorry. They're using this term to define it. Peanut butter is a liquid that has no definite shape and takes the shape dictated by its container. So using that logic, yes, it does make sense that peanut butter is a liquid, but wow. I didn't know that I needed TSA to help me figure that out. Thanks, guys, I guess. At least I didn't have to take my shoes off for this. Dreams are a way for the brain to process information from our day, what to keep in memories, what's not important. Our bodies actually do a lot of work while we're asleep. It's pretty cool, but I feel like I just end up with the most visceral and crazy dreams. I woke up this morning having a dream about skiing, which is weird, felt random, and I wondered why was I dreaming about skiing? And then it hit me. Uh, Yesterday, I watched a ton of footage of the Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial. So that explains a lot. As we continue to process the hard news coming out of Nashville, I find myself kind of searching for perspective a lot of times after these events. Uh, And one of the places that I sometimes go to search for that is a guy named Scotty Smith. He's actually a pastor. And he recently um, wrote a post about this, kind of processing it himself and saying kind of what we were saying yesterday, Anson, like, it's just hard to know what to say. And in all honesty, words are not enough. Mm -hmm. And we're not pretending that they are. Right. But let's be honest, we know that we're all kind of grasping and looking for some hope and direction in this. Mm. How do we process this? And I really found his words helpful today. He says, when lives are lost, especially in such a senseless and rupturing way, the protest of Martha in the Bible, who had just buried her brother Lazarus after a premature death, feels right. Here's what Martha said in John 11:21. Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. He says, if a pastor has anything worthwhile to say in such a time as this, it is that God himself invites, even welcomes this kind of protest. In fact, the very prayer book that he inspired for us to use as our own prayers, the Psalms, are saturated with the seven emotions of grief. They're filled with bold and explicit protests against what feels to us like the inaction of God in our times of greatest need. Things like, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. I tell him my trouble. And then he ends with this. Easter is coming, but everything right now feels like Good Friday. 
But because everything is not okay, we know this is not the end. As I've gotten older, I've learned the value of relaxation. And by that, I mean the value in doing nothing. And students at Lawrence University in Appleton, Wisconsin are actually getting a college credit for learning that valuable skill as well. The class is called Doing Nothing. And last fall, it was so successful, they're offering the class every term. The course, they said, has three requirements. Just show up on time, be fully present, and participate to the best of your ability in each class meeting and leave your phone and distractions outside of the classroom. We're going to do nothing. And while it's kind of Seinfeld-esque, I do really like a class about nothing because I think that we have become so distracted and so in need of constant stimulation that there's value in silence now and there's value in contemplation. And, you know, if we take a spiritual angle with it, spiritual rest and spiritual silence taking some time to pause and listen to God's creation. I think that's valuable for us, especially maybe in the middle of our week when we need to have that realignment. I like to think of life as in seasons. There are different seasons of life and every time we enter a new one, it's like entering the unknown. Right now, I'm about to enter the unknown of being done with college. It hit me the other day that I have not not been in school for a long time. What is this going to look like? Personally, I am super excited because I feel a sense of freedom approaching, but it's also scary, right? Because what if I don't find a good job? What if, what if, what if? And that's when I remember that God has always provided for me in my life and he always comes through. So I'm far less anxious right now than I was when I was younger, entering new stages of life. The unknown may be full of unknowns, but God is the one who knows and we know him so we can confidently enter these new unknown seasons of life. Anson, I got a text this morning from my brother with some news. Yeah? And this is very exciting news. Okay. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with cats. Oh, <laughs> shocking. Yeah, my brother, this is the brother that has like eight cats. Right. Literally. He might be an even bigger fan of cats Maybe. than you are. They just, they cannot resist. <laughs> and so they recently got a new sweet little kitty and she's so lovable and amazing. And then I got this text this morning. Well, it's official. Zoya is pregnant. Oh. We're going to have kittens. Oh. I was like... Kittens. On top of the eight cats they already have. What? My brain just about exploded. <laughs> and then I asked the question. I was like, well, are you going to keep them? Yeah. And he wrote back several crying, laughing emoji faces and said, ha, no, eight is enough. <laughs> we'll be putting them up for adoption. I was like, oh. And then in my heart, I was like, oh, adoption. Uh, oh, kittens. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like maybe you need Ooh, a kitten. We'll see. Obviously, Taylor Swift is on tour right now, and it's the talk of the internet, but a lovely couple decided they wanted to use this opportunity to get married with Taylor Swift playing the music. The couple says it would be more interesting than a courthouse elopement, and as someone who got married in a courthouse, I have to concede that getting married during a Taylor Swift concert is a bit more exciting, for sure. The bride was a big fan of T-Swift, of course, and the couple spent over $2,000 to make sure they got front row seats. 
sheets. The bridesmaid of honor was the officiant, and it happened during Taylor's song, Invisible String. But here's the thing that boggles my mind. This couple went through all this trouble to get eloped in an interesting way, but they are still planning on doing a traditional wedding ceremony in a year. I don't get it. Seems to defeat the whole purpose of doing something cool, but maybe that's just me. What can top T-Swift? Earlier on the show, we talked about how they're trying to use machine learning, artificial intelligence, and deep cameras to decipher what's on a scroll from 79 AD. Science blows my mind. But then, at MIT, some scientists are doing something very different at the same time. Using both a machine and hand-twisting techniques, a team at MIT said that they've twisted apart over 1,000 Oreos in the name of science. They're trying to figure out if you can get cream on both sides of the wafer. For what it's worth, they said that Oreos filling stuck to just one wafer about 80% of the time. I think that finding was worth all of their time. I'm just gonna say. Thanks for listening to the Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. <laughs>